0: This is the Mainly Plants podcast. My name is Ryan Furman, and I am a certified plant-based nutritionist and personal trainer. The website is mainlyplants.com, social at mainlyplants. You get a hold of me through there Um, for all of your shopping needs. Mainlyplants.com slash Amazon. Costs you nothing, helps me out, so I can continue to help you guys out. So let's just jump right into it. This week, we're going to take a look at the FDA. Okay, so... You've heard you've heard me talk about the FDA and the USDA and uh, some of the the corruption that goes on, and you know last week I was talking about a study and and how a lot of times studies are are uh, swayed by industry, by bribery, by who's conducting it, by who has a hand in it. So I wanted to give you some background uh, this week on the U uh, on the FDA. The USDA will be uh, in the coming weeks. And then, of course, we'll get to our plant of the week. So, in June of 1906, the FDA was founded. The the FDA, you know, was it technically founded in 1906. However, its origins can be traced back to uh, the appointment of this man named Louis Caleb Beck, in the Patent Office in eighteen forty eight, and his appointment was to carry out chemical analyses and of agricultural products. So, you know the the it really started before that, right? Before nineteen oh six. In fact, the Department of Agriculture inherited the job of chemical analysis in eighteen sixty two. So, eighteen forty eight is when. Ah, uh, Lewis Beck was was uh, assigned to this task of chemical analysis of agriculture products, eighteen sixty two, Department of Agricultural Agriculture absorbs that job. Okay, now the FDA wasn't known by its current name until the 1930s when they created this this image of protecting public health. Right, that's kind of what the FDA was created for. However. False it may be now. Now, in the 1970s, there was this doctor, Dr. Stanislaw Brzezinski, and he found a non-toxic gene-targeting cure for cancer, for even even severely lethal terminal cancer. And I'm not sure if you guys have seen it. There's a there was a documentary on Netflix called Brzezinski. I'm not sure if it's still on there. It was on there a couple of years ago. It is a great documentary about this doctor's uh, gene—not manipulation, but gene targeting cures for cancer. He has something like an eighty or ninety percent success rate, better than the success rate of Western medicine. And uh, I'm not sure if it's still on on Netflix, but if you can find it on there, watch it. If you can't find it on there, uh, see you know, dig a little bit, see if you can find it on Google, or. Uh, or a YouTube, something like that, but it's a great movie. So, this guy, Stanislaw Brzezinski, found this basically, for lack of a better term, the cure for cancer. And the FDA spent the next 30 years burying his progress, burying his research, burying his findings by suing him nonstop and even going as far as to raid his office and steal thousands of confidential patient files now in the early 1980s gmos kind of come around uh, genetically modified organisms and they are inserted by gene transfer into american crops staple american crops like corn sea corn, uh, course corn soy cottonseed, and canola now if you've seen food inc um you know what I'm talking about in terms of Monsanto. If you haven't seen Food, Inc., you should. If you don't know who Monsanto is, you need to get out a little more often. But early the 1980s, that's kind of when GMOs really started to come about. Now, GMOs were never approved by the FDA. For nearly 30 years, Americans have been consuming crops that contain these foreign mutations of pesticide genes that kill bugs, they kill weeds, but they also kill human cells. Now, for the same 30 years, Americans have been consuming GMO, you know, uh, foods, genetically modified organism foods, that do not occur in our food naturally and would most likely never find their way into our bodies, into our digestive, digestive tracts, you know, into our blood, into our brain into our liver, into our kidneys, into these organisms or into these uh, organs that are uh, in our bodies to cleanse us, to detoxify us. And what's more is that, like I said, these GMOs were never approved for growth, for manufacture, or for distribution or sale to the people in this country. Now, the, the AAEM, the American Ad Academy for um, Environmental Medicine, issued a warning urging that the public avoid GMOs and called for a moratorium on them until there could be these long-term independent studies that prove that they are in fact safe and called for the labeling of GMO foods, right? So if you went to the grocery store and it had a GMO food in the product, there would have to be a label on the box or the package that said that it's a GMO food product. Now, the FDA opposes these labels and they claim that, that they would be too expensive and that they would confuse the public, okay? The, in my opinion, the only way that the public is astounded and confused is if they thought that they were eating healthy and got cancer, how'd that happen? And what's more, why is there no cure for cancer yet, right? Technically, no cure, but the answer is that they got cancer because they're eating a shitload of GMOs, and there's no cure because Brzezinski had his research, uh, put the kibosh on it, okay? Now, as far as back as I can remember, and I'm sure my parents can remember, and I'm sure all of you listening can remember... There has always been a requirement to list ingredients of the food on the package. So how come chemical pesticides, arguably the most dangerous things we consume, why do they get a buy on this? You know, we're we're we have to label, you know, high fructose corn syrup, we have to label all these other chemicals if it's processed foods. But how come if we're eating you know, a veggie burger. Or or let's go even further than that. How come if we're eating produce from the produce section that's been tainted with GMOs, how come they don't have to have a GMO label on them? When arguably that's the most dangerous thing. Well, it comes back to the FDA. Okay, um, Genetically modified corn and cotton, purposely engineered to create their own built-in pesticides, and these built-in pesticides are called BTs, have been indicted in several studies to provoke intense allergic and immune reactions and death in just corn and cotton. Now, since the levels of BT produced in plants represent thousands of times more a concentration of BT than natural BT sprays, The effects are greatly amplified. So for instance, genetically modified tomatoes fed to rats were shown to cause bleeding in the stomachs and eventually killed a good chunk of those rats. Now, the genes present in these GMOs transfer into the DNA of intestinal bacteria, and I've talked about intestinal bacteria before and how it's a key point of your immune system. This is all should be coming, creating a big picture. Everything that I talk about is one piece of the puzzle, right? So, so these GMOs transfer into your intestinal bacteria, your gut health. And the good bacteria that digests food and maintains body health are, are infected by these GMOs. And what happens is that your flora in your stomach gets reprogrammed. And it'll start, begin, it'll start to begin to reproduce these BTs, these BT pesticides, rather than producing the bacteria that oppose it, that help kill it. The permanent, deadly implications of these alterations are, they are b- brain bending, they're mind twisting, okay? Intestinal flora is crucial for your immunity and health. And in the same regard for fighting off diseases and disorders. Right? I've talked about that. So, you have, you know, you have this healthy gut flora and it's helping to keep you healthy and and helping to keep disease and disorder at bay. But then you introduce these GMOs to it and it gets totally mutated because of it. And its capability to fight off cancer, to fight off other diseases and disorders becomes nil. Now, if you think about it even further, take a step back and think about when I've talked about the medical complex, the medical industrial complex, right? The, the prescription drug uh, uh, complex, the, the industry around sick people, so you have this, this one industry, the FDA, one that we're talking about today, the FDA, not regulating GMOs, not making people package, who package food, put a label that they contain GMOs on it.? Right? The, the FDA is a government agency. Now you have the FDA hiding, for lack of a better word, hiding the fact that they are doing nothing about GMOs. Some could say pushing GMOs, but doing nothing about you having GMOs into your body, which will eventually make you sick. And then you have another industry from the FDA, which relates to medication. So on uh, in one hand, they're making you sick. On the other hand, they're feeding you the drugs to they'll claim make you better, but essentially mask your symptoms and give you more symptoms so they can feed you more pills. Right? So, I mean, it's a snake eating its own tail. They're making you sick, they're giving you the pills for that sickness, which are creating more sickness and giving you pills for those. You gotta break the cycle. So, you know, I touched on Monsanto a little bit and there are strange uh, collusions I, I know I sound like a conspiracy theorist, but the evidence is there. There are strange collusions between the two. Let me, for those of you who don't know about Monsanto or uh, whatever, I mean, if you've been living under a rock or just haven't done the research, let me give you a, a little bit of, of history on Monsanto, okay, um, just to kind of bring it to your attention, okay, so... The company was founded in 1901 by John Francis Queenie, okay? Um and in, in in originally he started the company for chemical works, okay? So the the first product they created was saccharin and it was sold to Coca-Cola as an artificial as an artificial sweetener. Okay. In the twenties. Monsanto expanded into industrial chemicals and drugs, and they became the, the world's largest maker of aspirin. And, you know, throughout the years, they, they started expanding to other things. In the 1930s, they created uh, its first hybrid seed, um, hybrid corn seed, and also expanded into detergents, soaps, other industrial cleaning products, synthetic rubbers, and plastics. Okay, so all chemically produced Uh, unnatural things that are, in fact, toxic. Now, in the, I believe it was the 1960s? Yeah, 1960s. In 1960s, Monsanto partnered with Dow Chemical and produced this dioxin-laced chemical that you may have heard of called Agent Orange. Now, Agent Orange... Contaminated over 3 million people and left countless people dead, um, countless babies with birth defects, and countless U.S. military vets suffering from uh, side effects of being caught up with Agent Orange. Now, Monsanto has also partnered with IG Farben, and they're the makers of Bayer Aspirin, Okay. Um, Some people don't know this, but they are also the Third Reich's chemical manufacturer that produced Zyklon B during World War II. Now, when they partnered up together, the companies collaborated and produced aspartame, which is also another extremely deadly neurotoxin. So, Monsanto has had a history over the last hundred years or so of creating... Chemicals, But what they also do is they create GMOs, these genetically modified uh, seeds. And the, the big deal with this is, yeah, it's a hybrid seed that, you know, kills bugs and can sustain itself in different types of weather. It's basically a super seed. However, the health effects that I talked about earlier in the podcast aside... What happens is Monsanto will plant a field next to a neighboring farm and their crop will grow. And naturally, what will happen is the winds will blow and some of these seeds from Monsanto's fields will cross contaminate the neighboring crops fields, neighboring farmers crops. And then the neighbor's crops will grow and they will be technically Uh, a strain of Monsanto's seeds. Now, since Monsanto patents all their seeds, technically, that other farmer is, through no fault of his own, infringing on Monsanto's patent. And Monsanto will sue that farmer. Uh, They are a, you know, multi-billion dollar corporation, so either the farmer runs out of money in the lawsuit, or just can't can't, uh, sustain himself in the courts, Monsanto will come in and take over that field as well. So basically Monsanto is putting farmers out of business even though farmers are doing nothing to deserve it. There's uh, there's this this worldwide concern that eventually all seeds will GM, be GMO seeds and you know at, at what point does our health come into play on that? You know. It, I mean it already is, but on the on the big screen, on the big stage, when are people's people going to be concerned about this? more concerned in the mainstream. So let's get back to it. The FDA and Monsanto. So Monsanto was required to submit a scientific report for this growth hormone they produced called RBGH. And they were supposed to submit this report to the FDA so that the FDA could determine if the growth hormone was safe. Well, this woman, Margaret Miller, put the report together for Monsanto. And this was in 1989. And shortly before she submitted the report to the FDA, Miller quit Monsanto and was hired at the FDA, excuse me. She was hired at the FDA. Now, her first job at the FDA, her first job was to determine whether or not to approve the report she wrote for Monsanto. So she submits the report on the behalf of Monsanto, quits, goes to the FDA, and then needs to decide if she's going to approve or deny the report that she wrote. Now, the bottom line is of course she approved her report. I mean, it's her report, right? So let's take a step back and think about this, right? The FDA is hiring people from the industries that they regulate. How could there not be corruption? How could there not be collusion? It it, it it's I mean, it would be like it would be like, you know, the head Honcho over at Ford wants to get the newest muscle car passed through, you know, the EPA. But he knows that the emissions, with the emissions of that car, there's no way, right? It's just too, It just pollutes too much. So he quits Ford, goes over to the EPA, and then approves that car. It's, it's crazy. It's crazy that this is allowed to go on. It's crazy that this is perfectly legal. It's crazy that the FDA knows that what they are introducing into your food is bad for you and just simply don't care because they're making money on the back end of it. And think about it beyond that. You know, the whole reason I'm bringing this up is for you to think about this in terms of the foods that they that they say are safe. Dairy, chicken, beef, seafood, pork. I mean, all these things are cleared by the FDA, but they're not healthy for you. They will give you disease and disorder. This is all what I'm, you know, producing to you now is, is just a an extreme look into that. Now there's an article titled "Quote Not Milk the USDA Monsanto and the U.S. Dairy Industry," um, written by Shay Green. Now he's the founder and director of a group called. The Armedia Institute, and it's a nonprofit research and advocacy organization focusing on farm animal issues in the United States. And he wrote, quote, that the results of the study that, uh, that Ms. Miller, that I mentioned before, wrote, the, revol- the results of that study, in fact, were not made available to the public until 1998. Now, this is that's, uh, nine years after the report was written and passed. When This is when a group of Canadian scientists obtained the full documentation and completed an independent analysis of the results. Among other instances of neglect, the documents showed that the FDA had never even reviewed Monsanto's original studies, on which the approval for RBGH had been based. RBGH is that growth hormone. So in the end, the point was moot whether or not the report had contained all the original data. They didn't even look at it. Now, if the FDA didn't already seem corrupt enough, it handled this guy, Michael Taylor, the responsibility to make the decision as to whether or not RBGH-derived milk should be labeled. Okay? So we talked about GMO labeling on foods before. This is kind of in the same boat. Now, Michael Taylor, who had previously worked as a lawyer for Monsanto, was currently the executive assistant to the commissioner of the FDA. In 1994... Taylor ended up writing that uh, RBGH, the the labeling guidelines for RBGH, prohibit the dairy industry from stating that the product either contain or are free from RBGH. I'll say that again. In 1994, this is – so the original study was done in 1989. Now it's 1994, and this guy, Michael Taylor, is prohibiting the dairy industry from stating that their products are free from RBGH. Now, even worse, to keep RBGH milk from being, you know, stigmatized, quote unquote, in the marketplace, the FDA ruled that the labels of non-RBGH products must state that there is no difference between RBGH and the natural hormone. So, i mean that's obviously fucking bananas because because it's a growth hormone right and growth hormones have been shown to cause severe complications in people ranging from uh development issues to cancer so to say that there's no difference between this growth hormone r b rbgh and the natural hormone um is is unbelievable in my mind it's it's such corruption at such a high level that this is a government agency playing around with people's lives. And, and in my humble opinion, you know, I think that they are, by and large, they don't care. They are, and it goes beyond not caring. They are, they are happy that we get sick because sick people means more money for them because they regulate the drugs that, that we have to take. So, I hope this shed a little bit of light. I mean, this is, just, this is just a sliver of the corruption in the FDA. And I hope that it sheds a little light. So, the next time that you know you see something that the FDA recommends, that you have to stop and think and say, huh, um, maybe you will think twice before you consume it. Also, it shows the importance to eat as many whole food, plant-based items that you can, organic. Okay, so... Listen, if you are making the switch from eating a lot of meat, dairy and, and animal products to a whole food plant-based diet and you know th- trying to find organic versions of everything is stressing you out, listen, just just do what you can f- at first. So it's it's a it's a process, right? At first you you eat shit that is not good for you and then you switch to whole food plant-based and then you go from whole food plant-based to specifically organic, whole food plant-based. Now, in the coming weeks, like I said, I will be talking about the USDA and their corruption. And if you thought that the FDA was bad, uh, you're going to be blown away by the USDA, the U.S. Department of Agriculture. Now, as promised, the veggie of the week. This week, we are talking about avocados. And I'll give you 10 reasons that avocados are fantastic for you. Uh, The first one, They help prevent prostate cancer. They've been shown to inhibit the growth of prostate cancer. Funny fact, uh, avocado, I believe, is an old either Incan or Mayan word for testicles. Uh, So enjoy that the next time you dig into one. Uh, An avocado, not a testicle. Uh, Number two, oral cancer defense. Now, research has shown that certain compounds in avocados are able to seek out precancerous and cancerous oral cancer cells and destroy them without harming healthy cells in the mouth. It's pretty astounding as well. Number three, breast cancer protection. Avocado, like olive oil, is high in oleic acid, which has been shown to prevent breast cancer in numerous studies. Number four, eye health. Avocados have more of the carotenoid lutein than any other commonly consumed fruit. And you heard me talk about this before. Lutein protects it against uh, macular degeneration and cataracts. And these, those are two uh, disabling age-related eye diseases. Uh, obviously, carrots are another great one, which I've talked about. <clears throat> Number five, they help lower cholesterol. Avocados are high in beta-cystosterol did I say that right? Beta cytosterol. What did I say? Man, avocados are high in beta cytosterol, a compound that has been shown to lower cholesterol levels. Now, there was a study done in which 45 volunteers experienced an average drop in cholesterol of 17% after eating avocados for only one week. So again, it's that healthy fat. Okay. Um, it's that healthy fat and that that uh, beta cytosterol that helps lower your cholesterol. Oh, speaking of which, my mother—you uh, heard me talk about her before on an earlier podcast about how she was freaking out about a blood test results. Uh, I haven't gotten that; she sent them to me. Her newest one, she's listening right now, but she hasn't. I haven't gotten them in yet. By the time this podcast is airing, but she sent me her her blood test results that she got taken uh, recently. Her triglycerides and her cholesterol have gone down over a hundred points each, so that's pretty awesome. Uh, so congrats, mommy, and uh, keep up the good work with the diet. See, all it takes is a little bit of, of uh, or a lot in some people's case of changing your diet and limiting yourself and taking out certain things and introducing new things to make yourself healthy again and to get off all those, uh, those those narcotics that are killing your body. So. That reminded me of it. That's awesome. I'm super happy that she called me to tell me about that. Number six for avocados heart health. One cup of avocado has 23% of the recommended daily value of folate. Now, studies show that folate um, helps people lower their instance of heart disease. Okay, so people who eat higher instances of folate have lower instances of heart disease than people who don't eat a whole lot of folate. The vitamin E <coughs> and mon- monounsaturated fats found in avocados uh, are also great for your heart as well. So there you have it. They are great for so much of your health, and uh, and you should be eating more of them. Now, the avocado seed, right? A lot of you call it the pit. It's technically a seed because avocado is a fruit, technically. Now, I'm assuming that most of you schmoes just hack your knife into the avocado seed, twist it, pull it out, and throw it away. Don't do that. Now, what you can do, if you have a Vitamix blender or a, uh, what's the other one, a uh, Blendtec, I know that those two can handle an avocado seed. I'm not sure if like a Ninja blender or a uh, neutral can handle an avocado seed. But what you can do is toss it in there and blend it up. And you can blend it into a smoothie with other ingredients or you can blend it dry into like a powder and, and use it as a flour. You can crust your, avo- your avocado. You can crust your... Your tofu in it before you bake it. You can sprinkle it all over your salads. It's safe to eat. It's safe to drink. It contains a massive amount of fiber, antioxidants, antioxidants, and a host of other uh, of other nutrients. It's a very dense source of all these great nutrients that you're just throwing away. Now, if you don't have a Vitamix or a Blendtec blender, don't worry. Save a few of them. You know, go through like five or six avocados, take the seed, toss it in Tupperware, throw it in the fridge. And then when you have a few, what you can do is you can bake them. You bake them whole, toss them in the oven, set it to 350. I believe it's like 20 or 30 minutes. Uh, you have to check. But after that amount of time, you'll be able to easily cut through them with a knife. So if they're not easily easily uh, uh, breakable, then you have to put them in for longer. It depends on the oven. But what you can do is after you're done baking them, Cut them through with a knife to make sure they're soft enough, and then you can toss them in your your ninja or your your NutriBullet or whatever, and blend them up into a powder or, like I said, blend them into a smoothie. What I usually do is I will put them in the uh, my my uh, my blender with I'll do one avocado seed, I'll do a little bit of kale, a uh, cucumber, an apple, and some um, almond milk, and I'll blend it up, and it's got like a tiny little avocado flavor to it but it's super good for you and you're just wasting all of your avocado seeds when you throw them away so there you have it the fda monsanto gmos and the mighty avocado any questions concerns comments more conspiracies you want to throw by me or anything else that starts with a sound send them my way Ryan at MainlyPlants.com. Personal training is now available on the website. Give me a holler if you want to get your ass into shape this summer. And until next time, go eat a salad.